Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer in the Golf News Network. This is the show, of course, where we talk about golf and the interesting and fascinating people who share the passion for the game, as you and I do. Today, our guest is going to be David Stead, a friend of the show, general manager down there at Langdon Farms. Our music today is going from some moldy oldies here from Jim Croce. Like that. And this segment of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. And uh, also Gunter Wilhelm Knives uh, for unmatched quality, efficiency, and productivity in the kitchen at a reasonable price. It's Gunter Wilhelm Knives. You can find them online at GunterWilhelm.com. Okay, let's talk with David Stead, the general manager at Langdon Farms down there in Aurora, uh, right off uh, I-5 there. And uh, I like to say... Uh, Langdon is my home course, but I, I don't get to play as much as I'd like, but I still think of it as my home course. David, welcome. Jeff, thanks for having me back. So it's good to be on the show. Well, I appreciate it. So it's been um, an interesting year so far, 2020 has. I spoke to you at the beginning of the year. Uh, well, actually, right when the COVID stuff started happening. So that's been three or four months now. And you guys were making accommodations to meet criteria for safety and all that but let's start with this how has the golfing um been just overall because oregon courses were open washington courses were not i would think you guys uh, got hit with some pretty good times there as far as golf rounds well jeff as you said it's been an interesting couple of months uh and this virus has certainly changed our uh, our operating procedures. It seems like almost on a daily basis. Um, yeah, I mean, from a from a rounds perspective, it's been really good. Um, you know, with a lot of other things shut down, you know, recreationally, and uh, and the fact that golf's one of those things, um, you know, as a recreation activity that is outdoors and and is generally real safe. And uh, maybe I'm a little biased there, but sure, I truly believe that. Um, you know, with anything, as long as you follow the protocols, uh, you're, you're more than safe as far as I'm concerned. But it is definitely one of those few things where, um, you know, you've been able to get out and do that. There were a period of time where a lot of the, the parks were shut down, so camping was difficult, um, you know. So, so, yeah, I think golf's weathered the storm fairly well. Well, I know that uh, – well, I got to tell you, I saw a meme the other day, and I don't know if you saw it, and I don't know if you were a Game of Thrones fan, but there's a – a scene in the Game of Thrones, it's one of the last episodes where Jon Snow uh, is standing there out by himself and this 
onslaught of bad guys, cavalry coming at him, if you will, and he draws his sword. And the meme was, this is what the golf starters are going to feel like now that there's no college football this fall. And, uh, and I thought I actually, I actually saved it. I'll send it to you. Um, it's pretty funny, but I thought, wow, that's probably true because we don't have college sports this fall. The weather is always around here in the Northwest for the most part stays decent actually through November. Um, hang on, buddy. That's all I can say is hang on. Yeah. You know, we're gearing up to have, uh, you know, a, a busy fall. Uh, from the golf perspective, you know, as it, as it relates to, you know, people going back to the office, I think that's created more time in their day. Um, you know, kids recreational sports being put on hold is certainly putting more time in, in the average person's weekend. So again, golf's been a benefactor of that for sure. Um, but yeah, and I think, I think, uh, with weather in this area, generally pretty good. Yeah. Like you said, all the way through October, um, you know, airification for us is a is a necessary process for the golf industry in general. We, sure, we tend to go much later than most, so we're we're gearing up to do that um, the first week of October. Um, most people start that process. Most courses do that process in mid September at the latest. Um, so yeah, we're we're looking forward. We're hoping we've got our fingers crossed for a busy September. You know, from a, a holistic business perspective, our food and beverages, as you can imagine, has really taken a huge hit. Um, you know, so, so as a, as a whole, you know, business is down, but, uh, but from a golf perspective, we sure have been busy. But you guys are reopened now because I've had lunch up there a couple of times. You're doing the social distancing there in the grill, um, tables separated. You can't sit at the bar, different things like that, but yep. it's, it's still going to take a while. That's my perspective on it, David, that help people get comfortable going back to restaurants. I completely agree. You know, the, our, our patio has been very busy. Um, you know, again, the perception that outdoors is the place to be. And, uh, you know, obviously here in Oregon with, with the weather, weather generally really nice, um, you know, people enjoy sitting outside. So it's, it's been very busy there. It'll be interesting to watch people's habits as, as we transition back to, uh, to being more of an indoor culture here as the, the fall and winter set in. Um, you know, my hope is, is that people will start to get, comfortable with the environment and, and, uh, you know, the virus will start to get a bit more under control and, you know, the, the spike that, uh, is being suggested might happen again, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen and, and, uh, we'll at least be able to transition back into that wintertime fairly safe. You know, we're real fortunate at Langdon to have a lot of space. Um, our dining area is, is large. Uh, we've been able to also move into our loft area, which is usually for private events, but we've been able to set dining tables up there and people have really enjoyed the opportunity to sit in that area. Uh, really it's kind of a unique area, um, a little more private than, than the grill, but still has the same feel. And um, so it'll be interesting to see, see how people's uh, habits change as we get into the, the fall and winter. Now, the last time we talked, and I know it's, it's still applicable that one person per cart, if you're taking, um, if you're driving a cart like that, but Langdon also does a huge tournament business. I, I, I don't know for a fact, but um, I think you guys do more tournaments in the metro area than anybody. And Bruce Furman was telling me the other day that you guys had figured out a way to install a plexiglass divider for tournaments. Yeah, we we uh, we didn't invent it. We bought it. Um, okay. 
but yes, it's a, it's a, just a plastic hanging divider. It's not, it's not a hard plexiglass. It's just a, more of a marine plastic. It is clear, um, and it does hang down from, from roof to seat. So, you know, acting as a mask, if you will, or a divider between you and whoever you ride in a cart with. So yeah, that's, that's allowed us to, um, to restart our, uh, charity, uh, tournament business. Um, we're running at about 30% of what we normally would be, but, um, but we are getting some done, which, you know, which is a benefit. There's a lot of charities in, in our community that depend on golf to be their primary fundraiser for the year. And, and, uh, you know, some of that stuff got shut down or there was fear that they wouldn't be able to execute that. Um, you know, that certainly strapped a lot of organizations. So it's been fun to see some of those uh, organizations be able to carry out a plan. Uh, most of them very successful in terms of participation. Um, you know, participation in, in our, in the events that we've been able to do has been way higher than normal. So, you know, that's a good thing. Um, you know, their challenges are uh, a lot of their money's raised uh, pre and post round by way of, you know, raffles and, and uh, things like that. And when you don't have that, those are, those are quite a bit harder to execute. Um, so, you know, it's not, it's not been a perfect system for them, but it's at least, at least they're getting some income and, uh, you know, we're seeing some organizations that are willing to, uh, to you know, go out on the limb and give it a shot. And, and you know, I would say uh, from a participant standpoint, it's been great. Um, people have been, you know, very accepting of wearing masks, and uh, we have done a really good job of staying separated. Um, we don't really allow them to gather in any sort of large group just because of the way we've been able to spread out our, our staged carts prior to the round. And then, um, you know, we encourage them uh, to... Uh, to get in their car and go home once they're done. So we haven't had any large gatherings, uh, certainly anything that's, that's exceeded the capacity requirements for our restaurant. You know, we'll see some come in afterwards and maybe have a drink or a bite to eat, but we've worked in, uh, you know, some food offerings for them while on the course uh, by way of our new smoker that you helped uh, consult on. <laughs> so we've worked that into the menu, which has been really nice. And it's, it's forced our staff to really think out of the box and get creative on how we can offer some food service to uh, to the folks that play, but not in the traditional sense with that, you know, post-round gathering. There's anybody that's played in a golf tournament knows this, you know, is the norm. Oh, yeah. Well, I can tell you this, the, and folks, if I don't know who wouldn't have so far, but if you haven't played at Langdon, the staff there is incredibly friendly, service-oriented. Um, they're just always very helpful, and that's from the grill to – the the starter to the guys in the pro shop to all of them and um they're just really great anyway we've got to take a quick break i'm going to be back with david stead from general manager from langdon farms in just a minute hi everybody it's jt and this is a special version of grilling at the green grilling at the green is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef <laughs> Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer, and the Golf News Network. A um, couple of things really quick before we get back to talking to with David Stead from Langdon Farms. Um, this portion of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Birdie Ball. Birdie Ball, the limited flight practice golf ball. Birdie Ball is the best golf training aid invented this century and created you can create your own backyard driving range with birdie ball you can find out more about it at birdieball.com i actually have some and uh they go about 40 yards and they're kind of fun also by langdon farms grill um and we just happen to have david stead on the on the line with us and uh 
great food. They are open. Are you doing your Friday night prime ribs? We are, and uh, and our our typical music performers, uh, you know, they they're a great little jazz group. Um, they've actually, you know, they're so passionate about their music, and they've they've missed the opportunity to uh, to perform live that they've offered to play on Saturday nights as well. So we're we're kind of doing a two night show, which is uh, which has been neat. Oh, that's great. We've we've uh, you know our typical Friday night prime rib special. We've We've worked in a, a bit of a smoked version of that. Yay, uh, that was yay. our first one to roll out, and it's actually been met with some some really positive reviews. So it's been fun to watch that, uh, watch our kitchen staff pull that together. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, I know we're not we're talking golf, we're not talking barbecue, but the last I've I've switched over from conventional prime rib, especially like at Christmas time, to doing it on my smokers now. It's been several years that I'm doing it. And um, my guests always walk away with a smile on their face. Of course, they're so full. They're so full. I have to take them out of the house with a hand cart. But uh, but uh, they there's something about smoking a prime rib um, that uh, really just gives it that little extra. I'll just put it that way. So overall, um, your contemporaries, like in the state of Washington, they must have got killed. Uh, metaphorically speaking, running those golf courses up there because they weren't open. They weren't allowed to open until just, a, you know, like a month or a month and a half ago. Wasn't that long ago. I participated in a uh, conference call uh, that represented Oregon as a region, Washington as a region, uh, Idaho and Montana. Um, you know, all states that reacted to the virus differently early on. And this, this uh, conference call was back in uh, if memory serves, it would have been uh, early May as, as the tease for some of these facilities were uh, was starting to be floated that they would reopen, particularly Washington. And so it was interesting to w- listen to the perspectives of, you know, uh, Oregon, for example, that never shut down and uh, Montana that did, but quickly reopened and Idaho, I don't believe ever shut down and Washington was shut down for quite a few weeks, as a matter of fact, and then how they reopened, uh, if I recall, Washington reopened with limitations on group sizes, meaning, you know, they were only allowing twosomes and I think even had to be from the same household. So, um, boy, everybody went through this, this pandemic a, a bit differently. I think we're all back to fairly normal at this point in time, with the exception of, you know, the gathering restrictions that are in place. And, and, you know, every course has kind of handled that one a little differently as well, you know, which has been interesting to watch, uh, you know, how facilities have chosen to handle their, you know, their group events and, and their business in general. So, uh, yeah, it's been, again, as I said, to start off, it's been quite an interesting ride here um, as we've gone through something that uh, I know I've never seen in my lifetime. Yeah, well, me either. But I'm assuming that, you know, private clubs, The I, I think maybe this is a off the – or a generalization, but if things got tough, they could reach out to their membership for some help, um, maybe paying dues ahead or something. I don't know what they would do, but on a um, generally a public course or a municipality course, they don't have much they could fall back on. Am I correct in that? Yeah. You know, what I know of the private clubs in the Oregon area um their food and beverage operations did really well. Uh, members were very, very supportive of, uh, you know, some stuff that we did and, and we got some good feedback. I don't think it was near as strong as, 
uh, as the private clubs. But, you know, when, when our restaurants were shut down, um, you know, we had customers that, that were real good about participating in some of our takeout meals. But uh, I think the private clubs did really well, um, you know, four or five times as well as we did in the in the takeout concept. So, um, you know, while golf, I think, still managed to do pretty well, I don't I don't I didn't hear of any of the private clubs that, uh, you know, had any issues with dues. So it seemed like people were still paying their dues, which is sure. the primary revenue generator in, in that particular business model. So, yeah, I think they did OK. Um, you know, the municipal courses as well, having at least in Oregon, having been able to be open, I think that was uh, that was manageable for them. And I don't know that they do significant. Most of them do uh, significant food and beverage revenue. But uh, I think I think they managed along pretty well. I was, you know, I'm curious, and maybe you know about this, maybe you, you don't, but when you think about golf courses and you think about, like, down south, Georgia, Florida, that, it, the weather's normally warmer most of the year than it is up here in the northwest, certainly a lot more humid in some of those areas. Like you, you know, I follow the golf news, the industry news and stuff like that. And so the things I was reading, like, about Georgia in particular, because I've got some friends there, is that, uh, you know, they had some restrictions, but nearly not as severe as as the Northwest. And this, you know, they had some social distancing practices they had to do. I wonder if, and I'm just speculating, so, because I'm not no scientist, but I wonder if the, the weather and the population, I, I mean, how much did all those factors contribute, do you think? Well, I can't comment, uh, you know, on anywhere outside of our region. I do know that our weather this spring was tremendous, um, you know, record setting in my time in Oregon, not not being a, uh, a native of Oregon, but somebody that's lived here for 10 years. Uh, it, it's been uh, it was one of the, the most beautiful springs we've had um, now. What it would have been like had it had we seen, you know, worse weather. I'm not really sure. Sure. That one's something we can't go. We can't go back in time and change and, and try over again, nor would I want to. No. Rather than not. But, uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, I definitely say that from from our perspective, we did get lucky in that we had that kind of a situation. And, and for that matter, you know, I don't know. I've heard people talk about the mental health aspect of, of the lockdowns that we went through and and not being allowed out to, to even socialize a little bit or, for that matter, get some fresh air and exercise. And uh, and, and I think I think golf was was a good opportunity for people in the community to get out and do a little exercise and at least get outside of those four walls that they were kind of, you know, stuck in and, uh, and exercise their brains a little bit more so than just, uh, you know, watching TV or staring at a computer screen. Oh yeah, absolutely. The fact that we got some good weather and that people were able to get outside, you know, uninhibited, so to speak, uh, was, was a real benefit for uh, at least the Oregon community. Uh, absolutely. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with David Stead, General Manager, Langdon Farms, right after this. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at BenHoganGolf.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer in the Gulf News Network. I'm Jeff Tracy, and we're talking with David Stead today from Langdon Farms. David's the general manager down there. I'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also Ben Hogan Golf, two are quality clubs at factory direct prices. That's BenHoganGolf.com. Also, real quickly, if you want to email us, it's info at grillingatthegreen.net. All right, we got all that stuff out of the way. 
Um, have you had any chance to play lately? You yourself? I'm being honest with you, Jeff. I have not even swung a golf club since October. So well before COVID had any impact on things. Um, and during COVID, I, I certainly haven't given it a whole lot of thought. <laughs> and I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that. Uh, I really should have uh, more effort. But uh, it has been such an interesting time. You know, uh, a lot of my job is 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 not so much uh, contacting with people and, and their enjoyment of the game of golf, but it's, uh, it's the people that create the experience for those people that are coming to, yeah. life to enjoy the game of golf. And, and as you can imagine with all that's going on and, and the ebbs and flows of people's fears about it, uh, you know, that's created a lot of challenges. So when I've had a chance to get away from, uh, from things, it's, uh, it's not been, uh, going out on the golf course. I can Certainly appreciate that. Game, that's for sure. Yeah. I can appreciate that. I mean, I think that's probably a, a misnomer from reading um, Dan Jenkins' books or something, where the general manager and, and the head pro just head out every afternoon at two for their daily round with their buddies. I, I don't think that happens very much, really. So, well, wrapping up my twentieth year in this business, um, you know, there was a time when I was younger and had less uh, less requirements from me at home. I uh, wife and kids and. And, uh, you know, they take plenty of time away that, uh, one of my challenges is I know what I used to be able to do and I had the time to put into it. And, uh, and I know I, I, I'm not as good as I used to be. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of that aspect, but I also swing back around and say, when time uh, is more available in my life, I'll come back to the game because I'll have the time to put into it. And, uh, and I'm not encouraging people to take my approach to it. I mean, you need to get out and just enjoy it, but, uh, somebody who who was able to play at a decent level, uh, not being able to do that's not quite as much fun as it used to be. Uh, yeah, and I can tell you this, and don't take this too personally, but welcome to middle age and responsibility. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that I know the way I used to play is I'm not even close to it anymore. And, and some of that has to do with physical impairments having to do with age and time and recklessness at times, but it just happens. So, um, it does. I wanted to ask you too, did the, you guys have always did at Langdon, um, you were big into weddings and that, that had to, that's had to be difficult to, to deal with during the time of COVID just because you can't have that many people around. Very difficult. Uh, that business is still shut down today here in Oregon. Um, so we're not able to do any of those. We've, We've done a few, um, what we're calling a micro wedding, which has allowed us to get under the threshold of gathering sizes and meet the social distancing requirements, mask requirements, et cetera. Um, you know, it's been hard for people. Um, you know, we're not trying to do the hard sell on it just because we, we know how important days like a wedding day is to, to a couple. Sure and to their family that uh, we haven't tried to force it. Uh, some have decided, Hey, we're just going to go ahead and do this. But you know, this really caught a lot of people off guard and, and they started the process with a specific vision in mind and not being able to execute that has caused a lot of those folks to put their plans on hold. Um, you know, so a lot of our events have rescheduled. Some have just, just gone ahead and canceled. And we've tried to be very understanding of that. Uh, as I've talked to our coordinators, you know, I've tried to, because this is such a unique time, I've tried to make sure that, you know, the message to to those folks is, yes, we want your business, but um, we're going to try to treat you like we would want to be treated and, and understand the difficulty of the times that we're in and be as accommodating as we can. And, uh, 
you know, that hasn't won us a lot of business in regards to sort of forcing people into, you know, going through and executing on their contract with us. But I think it's created a lot of goodwill. So, um, you know, we've had we've had a very loose cancellation policy, um, postponement policy. We're just trying to find, you know, the best solution for our couples. Because, again, sure. going into the summer, you know, this is a very, from a wedding perspective, a very seasonal region in terms of, of weddings. We're an outdoor venue primarily. You know, so summer obviously is our big business. And uh, again, when people book with you months and, and even, you know, a year plus in advance, they have a vision in mind. And most of that got interrupted. We don't we don't book too many weddings for a summer, you know, inside of the time frame as to when COVID hit. So, you know, the vision was already in play. And again, this this just caught a lot of people off guard. So sure. uh, we're hoping to get back to it in the fall. But, you know, like I said, to start off, um, every day has been a new day and, and uh, things have changed uh, very rapidly. So um, we're just trying to take things as they come to us and do the best we can to plan and be as flexible and accommodating as we can so that uh, when when those folks that have chosen to host their special day with us uh, actually get a chance to do it, it's, it's as memorable as it should be. Well, I'll tell you something else that might make it memorable. Memorable. I, uh, I've never told you this, but I am licensed to perform weddings. So if somebody gets jammed up and they just want to do a quick one in the red shed, I can do it for them. Just you're the guy. I'm I'll the guy. Sure we, we put you on our preferred vendors list. Yeah, there you go. You put me the on there in a wedding, and then I'll go over and help Poncho cook. So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> how's the um, how's the uh, like the golf reps? The guys from Titleist and TaylorMade and that. I noticed you're still doing some fittings and some different experiences like that. They probably had to take a big breath and take a pause there for a while. They're, uh, you know, like a lot of manufacturing uh, pipelines, you know, uh, golf equipment uh, ironically has been in high demand. Um, you know, despite high unemployment rates and lots of people being laid off uh, for whatever equipment sales in particular has been off the charts. And the challenge to that has been able to actually execute by supplying on on those purchases. So sure. uh, again, like a lot of things, um, you know, their factories were shut down, and so therefore delays in in production. You know, a lot of those a lot of those companies don't make all of the components in the United States. So, you know, they're also burdened by shutdowns in other countries and how that may have affected their pipelines. Um, you know, Titleist has been good. Now there are number one hard good manufacturers, so clubs and balls. Um, in terms of, you know, supplying us with product and then supply to the customers. Uh, but even still, you know, the Pro V1, which is the best selling ball in, in the game, is is still hard to come by. So um, you know, they're on limited allocation by by region. And so we just kind of take what we can get. And we've run out of, of product two or three times through this thing just because we haven't been able to get it from them. Now they do make their golf balls, particularly the Pro V1 in the United States. So uh, that has been affected by shutdowns and you know, that's been a challenging time, but, but the sales have been there and people have wanted to buy. It's just been a matter of getting product in their hands in a reasonably timely manner. I know it's gotta be difficult, especially, especially on the, um, the clothing aspect. I mean, um, as I told you before, uh, my folks had a retail store for years. They sold, clothing as part of their lineup. And I don't know if the model has changed, but the way it used to work was for let's say the spring clothing for 2021, the rep for foot joy. I'm just, this is just a made up scenario would come by and show 
your buyers, whether it's you or somebody in the pro shop and say, okay, these are the shirts we've got. These are the pants. This is the hats, whatever. And they would do that. And to get them actually made depends on the, the volume of pre-orders that they got um, from a lot of clothing lines. Now that may not be foot joy, which is all part of the a cushionette and stuff, but some of the lines might be that way. And that would be exceedingly difficult because you wouldn't know, especially in shoes and stuff, they count on those pre-orders because that's how they, they build part of their models. And have you seen anything like that or? Yes. Uh, you know, the buying model still works very much the same. For example, you know, we'll be buying now for uh, next spring. Uh, well, maybe not quite now, but here in the next couple of weeks, we'll sure. be buying for next spring. And like you said, yeah, the purchases that we make coupled with everybody else is, is how they forecast their production uh, runs. And, uh, you know, certainly with COVID changing things, you know, around the country as, as golf courses were shut down and for that matter, our retail operations were quite limited for some time. So we weren't really selling anything and that resulted in a lot of, you know, order cancellations. So, you know, a lot of those manufacturers have been scrambling to, to try to, um, reforecast, reallocate. They've really stayed on their same timelines, but, um, you know, from a apparel standpoint, we've seen a lot more closeouts, you know, which has helped. It's helped us, um, sure. bring our margins up because, you know, people like deals. And so if we can find a margin in, in stuff, uh, you know, in items, it, it certainly helps. So, yeah, it's, I mean, gosh, Jeff, we could go on and on about all the things that have been disrupted as a result of COVID, but, uh, that certainly has been one of them. Yeah. Uh, we are going to take a break. We're going to be back and wrap up with uh, David Stead, general manager of Langdon farms in Aurora, uh, right after these messages, please stay with us. Hi everybody. It's JT. And this is a special version of grilling at the green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here at AM860, The Answer in Portland and Golf Newsnet Nationally. We'd like to thank everybody who listens to the show, both online and here over terrestrial radio. Um, again, I'd like to thank Gunter Wilhelm Knives for being with us, being part of this show. We appreciate that. And as far as somebody we really appreciate, here is Bruce Furman with his golf tip of the week. This is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction at Langdon Farms Golf Club. And uh, today's tip uh, is going to talk about the number one fundamental in golf. And that, of course, is always know where the beer cart is. Make friends with the beer cart uh, person. Uh, no, really, uh, it's hit the sweet spot, hit the middle of the club face. And uh, one thing you can do to, to try to help help yourself do that better is to get some of the athlete's foot powder spray and spray on the face of your clubs and then hit some shots and see where you're hitting it. For example, if you're... you're driver if you're hitting your driver low on the face particularly low on the heel you're going to lose the most power about nine miles an hour of ball speed so low on the face means you're hitting up on it too much and uh, probably staying on your back foot if you hit too high on the face that means you're hitting down on it and uh, you need to learn how to hit up on it a little bit more so so put that spray on your uh, on your clubs and uh, find out where you're hitting it and work on hitting it in the middle of the club face. I hope that helps you. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. You can find more out about Bruce uh, 
at the Langdon Farms website. You can go over there to their website, click on instruction. You'll see some drop-down icons and uh, click on that. And you can find there's a nice picture of Bruce there. And he talks about booking lessons with him. He also does some mini clinics. He does quite a few of those. And I've, I've taken several of them. They're a lot of fun. And they're, they kind of help you get tuned up quick. And that's all at the Langdon Farms website. We're talking with uh, David Stead today, the general manager of Langdon Farms. Um, put on your prognostication hat for a minute. I know you haven't been able to play golf uh, for whatever reason, David, but if you were going to look at uh, Tiger Woods, do you think Tiger Woods can win one more major? Oh, I'm sure cheering for him. He's, uh, you know, he and I are the same age. And so I've, I've watched him come up and, uh, boy, every time he tees it up, I would love to see, uh, him be successful. And he just does so much for the game. It's, it's a, it's a bump that, that hasn't been replicated by anybody else. So, yeah. you know, anytime Tiger's in the mix, it, it brings a bunch of new people to the game. Now, as we talked earlier, you know, just by way of, of it being one of the few things that you can do, we've seen a nice increase in participation here uh, recently, but um, there's nothing like the Tiger effect, and it is a real thing. Yeah, in fact, he's going to be playing this weekend as this show is airing. Of course, his round will probably be done by then, but um, coming from the media side, and I know people who have listened to this show have heard me say this before, but when Tiger steps up to the T uh fires off that first shot the ratings television ratings go through the roof and i did something a couple weeks ago that i hadn't done before at the pga i actually signed up for an espn little special streaming thing and that was kind of cool because i could watch every shot that Tiger, and I think he was playing with JT and some other people, and you got to watch every shot of that. Those numbers are incredible, too. So, um, you know, I heard one guy say the other day, if I hear Tiger Woods moves the needle or is the needle one more time, I'm going to scream. Well, I'll tell you what, pal, he is the needle, and he's going to be still for a long time. There, I get off my soapbox. So. <laughs> There's no doubt. I, I, I don't have anything to contribute to that. I mean, it's it's a real thing. We we feel it in the business uh, every day. When I mean, he he no doubt brings people into the game and, and creates an enthusiasm in the mainstream uh, media that uh, that no other golfer in in a really long time has been able to do. Uh, one last question here on the regular show, David. Um, is it difficult to implement when you've got? Um, a facility like Langdon and you kind of get every, your model set and you're doing this. I know, I think it was a little over a year ago, you guys worked on some bunkers. You did some major renovations, changed the whole layouts a little bit on some different holes there, like on 10 and some different things like that. How difficult and how far in advance do you have to plan to make any changes, not just to the course, but if you're going to, you know, you guys fix the the big deck that walks around that goes around uh, the grill in the pro shop there, and you guys can't just jump up and start tearing stuff up and doing it. You have to plan ahead, I would think. It definitely takes a lot of planning, and and again, based on the volume of events that we do here, I mean, we we certainly can't disrupt the facility in a negative way. You know, as it relates to how people booked it and what their expectations were. So, uh, yeah, it becomes real challenging, um, especially with as busy as a lot of our event venues are under normal circumstances. Um, you know, finding time to be able to fit in, as you know, construction isn't something that 
that usually happens on schedule or fast. So <laughs> yeah. uh, you definitely have to be prepared for that. Folks, we thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green. Until then, go out and have some fun. Enjoy this weather. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.